Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, where it seems like every other week we go through this roller coaster of emotions, where one week we feel great, the next week we feel terrible, then the following week we feel great again, and then terrible again, and then so on and so forth. But guess what? This week I feel great, not just because Sam and Andres are with us. We finally get the triumvirate back together the front three the <laughs> dynamic trio but we've also painted all of north london blue <laughs> all of north london uh, is ours literally in all of span north of london. seven days and what a beautiful sandwich thing, guys. sandwich in between a loss to uh southampton but <laughs> without right, that, that's all i was gonna say what what zach described we had to experience in the span of seven days not even in multiple weeks uh, literally the weirdest that was a crazy emotion. seven days i mean yeah we i'm looking like our last five win loss win loss loss and i'm pretty sure the three before it was win loss win loss like yeah like we, yeah this it was just, like it's just like the it, it it just shows how inconsistent we've been this year like that's just you know, the combination of the youth and, you know, like everything. Injuries. Just, exactly. What about what about how inconsistent we have been as fans? Oh, my some, goodness. Some of the fans forgot that they're actually fans. It's the, crazy. The Lampard Out Brigade came oh out strong God. after that Southampton. Oh, my God. Losing my mind. Yeah. And, and, and then all the Cho nonsense, too. Like, it's it, – it's just getting like too much. Yeah. But I, we were ten minutes away from a full out Lampard out like riot. Like it, <laughs> we it, it could have been really bad if we lost this Arsenal game. Yeah, but 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 it wouldn't. It it still would have been stupid. Well, even if we lost this match four nil, I still would have said it would be stupid. It would have been just even more stupid and even more annoying for us. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just thankful that 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 didn't happen. I'm more happy. Yeah. I'm more happy about the win because I don't have to deal with that than actually beating arsenal <laughs> that was the that was the best part about winning you know you know i'm not the most like active on twitter ever but the last month and a half or so i haven't been on whatsoever besides like posting like just the typical questions and whenever we drop an episode because like i i can't open up twitter and maybe scroll my thumb maybe three times without seeing some stupid bullshit tweet about Lampard out or Cho out or Brexit, like like that's literally my whole Twitter feed, and and it, I don't know. It's just I got back on today and and it simmered down a little bit, but it still just it, it didn't feel right. I think I came back too early. I might have I might have pulled a Rudy. Wow, me me and Andreas are are pretty active on Twitter, but the, I think my only problem I think something we should address, and I think at the perfect time is just confronting you about it straight while recording. Uh, when are you gonna change from the Star Spangled Blues to like a different like? I mean, are you still affiliated with them? Like, cause, I mean, you're you're not a Star Spangled Blue anymore, Andreas. You're Roman Empire. I mean, that's like, I know. I don't know. I, I guess I just have to become like what CFC Andres. I don't know. Exactly. I or, mean, I, or I, we'll I, just let you I, take over the our our uh, I mean, podcast. I mean, the account. whole thing is, it's a, <laughs> if I have Star Spangled Blues right there, it's just uh. I gotta keep that alive in case Roman Abramovich eventually decides to sell. Oh, okay. You're saying that <laughs> if if we'll change our name if he sells. It's our backup plan. Oh, okay. It's our backup uh, plan. Cool. Uh, yeah, you decided to not tell us about that and just <laughs> hold on to it. It's not a bad idea though. I, I don't. 
Blues. I like the name, Star Spangled Blues. But yeah, who are these random fuckers from Los Angeles? Let me steal their <laughs> podcast at, in like two or three years. <laughs> I knew it. Wow, this is a, this is the long con. Yeah, right. This is a so well thought out. It, it's Jose esque. This is the Marvel reveal that Hydra was Shield all along, baby. <laughs> wow. Ugh. Anyways, I mean, should sh- 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 we? Could we? Could we get to shit talking Arsenal? Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this. Okay, yeah, of course. I mean, first of all, I want to give a shout out to our boy Mazin who flew out for the match. <laughs> big Arsenal is he fan. An Arsenal yeah, fan? big Arsenal fan. Flew out for oh, the match. See, Probably pitch side for eight. Yeah, drop drop some some petty some petty cash for it. Uh, and he <laughs> spent, you know, had 80 minutes of glory <laughs> just to... Like after the first, after the first 30 minutes, he stopped texting. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> just, he was just so, he was so... Second Jorginho but... got subbed on. Hey, you know what? Th- th- I think that that was, this was the way it was destined to go. I mean, we, we might, we might be shit, but we're not as shit as Arsenal, okay? <laughs> That's we'll just... Never... Arsenal always seemed to reach like a new depth of exactly. shit like, every year. I know. I was like, I was like, looking at this match, like, oh my god, we're a joke. And then looking at Arsenal and saying, oh my god, they're a joke too. Like, they're still a joke. It's. A... I bet they wish they still had Wenger after complaining that they only could get fourth under Wenger. I wish. I bet you they wish they could have those days back. And what, oh, what do you guys god. think about them uh, trying to follow in our footsteps, hire former players, their manager? One that oh, went to Man City after leaving the club. Both very similar, you know. Wow. Let's see how it. Let's see how it goes. I actually and, I, and, I actually, and also like, Arteta is not the, the level of legend as Frank Lampard either. So. No, 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 no. That's, <laughs> no, that's no, just no, not even close. Obviously that. not. Very like, smart dude, but yeah. I just don't think Arsenal's got the squad for anything that that guy wants to do. Dude, Arsenal's squad is built to play like. 12 different systems it doesn't make any sense yeah. if you if you took their squad and looked at them top to bottom i mean like you can't identify like a style or method of play like you're like what the hell they have two really good strikers no wingers no midfielders <laughs> no center backs yeah, yeah, and, they're, and they're, they're gonna, gonna have to play the number 10 and they're gonna yeah. have to sell they're gonna have to sell Abba this year because if they're not he gonna put in a transfer request. For sure, he's not gonna. They're not gonna Lampier be in European ruined football his next year. Career. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well. Yeah, he did. Well, actually, you know what? Scratch that. They don't have a shit midfield. They have a shit midfield minus Torreira. Because I actually like him. Fair. It's pretty nice. Yeah. But even though he does cry after every single Chelsea match. He's he, and he's awful at defending set pieces, as Jorginho would have taught him. What was that, by the way? Uh-huh. Did he just did he, did he try to sell it and just like tried to sell a flop, or did he actually get fouled? Or I I refuse to believe that Jorginho could outmuscle somebody like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just nice to see. Let me go through the yeah. starting lineup real quick. Uh, so in goal. We have Keppa. Then the back line, we have Dave, Rudy, Zuma, and Tomori. Uh, oh, and, and Emerson. Emerson. Sorry, yeah, it was, a, it was a, uh, what was it? Three, four, three, or? Correct. Yeah. So Rudy, Zuma, Tomori in the back. Dave, Emerson is the wing backs. Kova, Conte, Mason Mount, William, and Tammy up front. So what were your initial thoughts on the starting 11? Zach, I'll start off with you. 
Um, I'm not gonna lie, you know, I saw it and I and I first thought to myself like, uh oh, I kind of had an idea things were gonna go sour, because I I, I fully expected us to go four three three in this game. Like if if there's one thing that we could dominate Arsenal at, I guess you could say is our midfield. We we could dominate pretty much any team, minus Man City, uh, and, and maybe and we actually even did dominate Man City to a certain extent by using our best midfield three, Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic. I'm really surprised Lampard didn't start with them, um, just so he can you know g- get a sense of control on the game. Because look, got a new manager bounce. Um, you know, like Sam said, a quote-unquote legend comes into the club, takes over, mixes things up a bit, signs of you know, a little bit of progress in their first match under him. They look like things were a little tightened up back there. I mean, Frank should have known that going into this match, there would be that sort of new manager bounce, which they clearly had because it, it, even Mesut Ozil was pressing. David Luiz like, looked was, decent too for a little bit. David Luiz, okay, but 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 this is something that we've known. David Luiz is just a big game player. Like he's for always sure. played well in big matches mm-hmm. for the most part. So I'm not surprised that he played well, but. Arsenal as a whole, like Aubameyang tracked back a couple times even, and I was like, whoa. But they had that new manager bounce, and I think that that caught us off guard a little bit. I, f- I felt like we started the match timid, and looking at the starting 11, thinking 3-4-3, three, three, I'm thinking to myself, uh-oh, like they're easily going to break through the lines, especially if they play Ozil at the 10, which he had all the freedom in the world in the first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I did not feel that way. I thought the whole time, yep, Lampard's going to run a 3-4-3 because Tottenham ran a 4-2-3-1 just like Arsenal does. So he's going to run the 3-4-3. And my train of thought wasn't, oh, we should have run the 4-3-3. Like, I never expected him to do that. My fear was exactly what the beginning of this match looked like, is that Arteta was already announced as Arsenal manager around the time that we beat Tottenham so he was already watching tape because he knew he would have a short week and then he would get us so the big one would be the game in the Emirates against us so I thought this guy's gonna prepare exactly for the 3-4-3 and I mean you just said it he they came out pretty strong and and we had to move away from it so I was bummed Mm -hmm. out that you know Lampard was in a way naive to continue to go with the 3-4-3 as I mentioned it last podcast, you know, I think that this is something we can bring in once in a while. But if you do it three times in a row, the, there's already tape and, and someone will figure it out. And Ar- so. Arsenal starting off strong. That's a, that's kind of an understatement. They were really dominating the first 25 minutes. They had 62%, uh, 62% possession. Really, we looked very unorganized. In a goal. Uh, a goal Could right. have had more. Uh-huh. Uh, we look very unorganized defensively. Uh, I, I think, I think that obviously, you know what what both you and Zach said, Andreas, have are very valid points. But I just don't know if he made the right decision to field this eleven against this team. I know I understand the logic between behind, um, you know, doing the same thing you did against Tottenham because it worked, but. You know, as soon as he put on Jorginho uh, and took off Emerson and moved back to traditional uh, 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. It was however, a 4-3-3 at that yeah, point. Then, then I, since then, after he came on in, what, the 31st minute, from then on, 
31st to 45th minute, we had 66% possession. From the 46th to the 60th minute, we had 65%. 61st to the 75th minute, we had 68% possession. And then in the 76th minute to the end, we had 62%. So just dominated. I mean, this is something that we talk about, Jorginho, week, you know, week by week, just how his his impact completely changes the game. Like it's it's unbelievable how one person can really make that kind of a difference. Uh, why do you guys think Jorginho immediately has that kind of effect, Andreas? I'll start uh, with you. But before I jump into Jorginho, I also want to add for the three four three to work, we need to be as wide as possible. And Emerson positionally on the ball for us was not giving the team any width. So for him to be the player to come out was the right move. He was by far our worst player in those first 20 or so minutes. And he fell asleep on the back post to let Aubameyang score that header. So uh, props to Lampard for taking out the guy struggling the most rather than riding the way for 60 minutes or so. Or pl- but, or, or, position, or just which, doing a position swap also. Right. You know what? You know what? It's weird, though, because normally Emerson does like to play further out wide. Like, I, I, I never notice him playing narrow as a fullback when he plays like a traditional left back in a back yeah. four, especially I, under sorry last I season. I think it's because, and I, and I mentioned this before, when we play three in the middle, you have Kovacic and Conte taking up a little bit more of a yeah. wider stance. So yeah. Emerson has to go to the, like the sideline. I think that in the three, four, three, which again, he's not a stranger to playing wing back. I just thought that positionally speaking he was just nowhere where he needed to be on either side of the ball yeah so he was hurting us defensively and offensively so again props to Lampard I know he had to put Tomori on the right and, and Aspie on the left but bringing in Jorginho for for Emerson was the right move uh, yeah, it, yeah it was. in terms of what Jorginho does man it's just the guy is three steps ahead of what the defense is gonna do because he doesn't have the ball he makes a pass backwards he's guiding the center backs as to where to go with the ball next as he's pulling defender like midfielders out of position to chase him there's there's a video of him passing the ball back to Rudiger and before Rudiger can even look up Jorginho has already screamed at him where to go next (laughs) Jorginho checks in for another ball that he never expected to get and it gives Lamptey about 30 yards of space to run into and that's and that, and that's exactly what he gives us, Andres. He gives us that he gives us that IQ. That's the pure level effect right there. Exactly. Like he can read exactly how a pattern of play is gonna pan out over you know a five, six, seven pass succession. Like it's crazy the amount of space he creates. Like Andres, you mentioned it. When he drops off, that little ten or fifteen yard run could open up a whole flank for a runner, and which it did. And and. and you know, there was that one play where uh, where Lamptey actually drove up the middle. And if you notice Jorginho's movement on that play, he actually goes from a central position and drifts out wide. And that space yeah, opens that's exactly up for Lamptey. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Lamptey just runs into that space and finds – and probably should have had at least, you know, a, 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 I think he did get – technically got like a key past that. I think he should have gotten an assist. That thing should have gone in the back of the net in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 1v1 with the keeper. But, I, I mean – that's just beside the point. The second Jorginho got subbed in, as he's jogging to his position, he's already barking at players. He's already telling them exactly where to go. There was one play I remember where Zuma got the ball, um, picks his head up, doesn't know where to go. Jorginho checks to the ball. Zuma's about to pass it to him. You see Jorginho with both hands go, no, 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 no. 
and he points to the other side. Zuma picks up his head, takes a touch, 40-yard switch into space, pressure pressure completely released. Just because of Jorginho's awareness in that situation, like I think the rest of the players feed off that IQ that he For has, sure. and it's contagious. They become more confident, and he actually is one of those guys that brings out the best in players and probably makes players who aren't really that great seem much better than they actually are. Zach, you mentioned Tariq Lamptey, and before we get into, you know, uh, him coming in for Tomori, I want I want to ask you guys real quick your thoughts on how you how uh, how Tomori held up at right back for you know the 59, 60 minutes that he played there. Um, what, what did you guys think of his performance? Obviously, we, obviously this is not something that <laughs> we're gonna you know test out in the future, but you know with yeah. injuries and stuff like it, it's it was necessary. I mean, what did you guys think of how he how he looked? I mean, I was thinking about it, and, you know, when you look at his technical ability, his pace, and maybe even his size, you know, you would think that him playing at right back could actually work. I think I think he, I think think he's a solid right back. Defensively, he didn't really make any mistakes. But then again, at the same time, he didn't have much to do because that's when we started dominating. Um, going forward, he struggled. So there was a couple times where you know, the ball would get played out to him in a wide position. And instead of opening up his hips and taking a touch into space and moving forward with the ball, he would just pass it sideways and back to where it came from again. And I think, you know, he, I, I don't know if that move necessarily surprised him or took him by surprise, but I don't think that's a position that he feels completely comfortable in yet. Um, but, you know, looking forward, I mean, it, it, it made sense. You know, there was a couple of times where he made a couple recovery runs that were crucial that I don't think Aspie would have made at all because Tomori is actually a freak in a straight line sprint. He might, I, th- I think he's our fastest player. And who was quoted saying that this uh, season? Lampard was asked uh, if Tomori was the fastest because a video went viral of him beating Cho on a, in a foot race. Yeah. Yeah. But... And you know, it, it, it's believable that the kid's ridiculously fast. But I just don't think he's a right back. <laughs> no, that's I, I agree. I don't think he felt comfortable at all. And yeah. him making the, that run, obviously that's up to his athleticism. A- any other player, we say, oh, he was positionally like in the wrong place. He should have, you know, known that the ball was going there, et cetera. So for him to be removed, I thought that was the smart move just because, again, he wasn't bringing anything forward. And you're going up against Obama Yang, so you probably should feel comfortable in that position as the right back so while it definitely was a risk to bring on the academy player in in Lamptey I also think that bringing in someone that's been playing in that position they're probably their whole youth academy career is the right it was the right position yeah Yeah, he he just didn't look comfortable for me yeah you could just tell but at the same time like nobody expected that substitution to happen and, and and honestly, big, big ups to Tomori because like we could have easily been having this conversation, let's say last week, if we caught him on a bad day and been saying he's the reason why we lost the game. But but he held his own. I don't think he got beat at all on his side. But defensively, like that's not his issue. I think I think the it really kind of highlighted what exactly in his game he needs to work on, and I think his positioning off the ball especially if he's playing as a center back in a back three. I noticed even in those situations, his spacing sometimes is a, is, is a little off. Like he's a little late to rotate or a little late to shift into the space. Or sometimes he could drop five feet deeper or 
you know, take a touch into space and, 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 and break the lines that way. Like, I don't know. I just didn't really work out for me, but at the same time, like it was a stopgap, and Frank made it work. And that's what managers do. Right. I mean, and I think I just want to also touch on Lamptey because I think his performance was actually really, really good. And I was surprised, um, the, the amount of confidence, you know, for he's, he was the seventh Academy graduate to make their first team debut this season under Frank. Um, mm-hmm. And Frank and Jody have just done such a good job instilling confidence in these guys who've never got a run out in these huge games. I mean, this is a giant, giant game at the Emirates. And it's like, you know, the fact that he was on, how old is he? 19, 18 years old. Um, yeah. To really not you know it didn't stand out particularly but you know i think for the most part if you don't stand out as a defender it's, it's a pretty good thing it's a good thing yeah. right so yeah. Uh, not, yeah. I, I thought that kid just showed ex- such good poise man it's your very first game like you said you are at one of the largest stadiums you know that you could possibly be in in, in england against one of your top rivals in a game that you know we've we've been (laughs) talking about how we can't beat (laughs) right well we've uh we've been talking about how we can't beat a top six side so that's already in like the team's head that they have this reputation i mean so many factors for a kid in this position to be nervous you're up against obama yang who was the golden boot winner last season i mean it it was crazy i i was so happy also the fact that Lamptey is not an Academy product that was in any of our heads going into this season as somebody making their debut. No. That, yeah. Like, that was Reese James. That was as far into right back as we ever went. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going into the season, we talked more about Connor Gallagher, who's out on loan, than this guy. So the fact that, again, the, the, the lights weren't too bright for the kid. And, and now it makes me think in the future, like, oh, well, you know, if Aspie becomes a utility left back, then it's Reese James number one, and maybe this Lamptey kid will get some minutes at right back. So, There's a legitimate, yeah, I was going to say that. There's a legitimate chance for him to actually get some pretty decent minutes. Like, maybe not, you know, maybe not a lot of Premier League minutes, but the cut matches for sure. Maybe he FA can get some garbage time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I actually wrote it in the group chat, too, like, as he was warming up on the sideline, the camera panned to him and okay, the game was here at 6 a.m. I drank the night before. Needless to say, I was, you know, feeling somewhat groggy slash still kind of drunk in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, I see Lamptey like warming up and I'm just like thinking to myself that my initial thought is who was that? Who is that? <laughs> yeah. Like like who exactly is that? And then and then they said Lamptey, and I'm like, oh, that's Lamp. Oh, okay. Like a random like, ass number. It was like yeah. 46 or something. Like. 40, 48. Yeah. It was just it was the weirdest thing. And you're just like looking at him like, oh, okay, maybe you know. But my point is like, not only was I like, who is this kid? After it dawned on me, I, you're lo- I'm looking at his face, and he looked spooked. Like <laughs> I don't know if it was just me or he looked absolutely terrified. And I'm thinking in the back of my head. Good God, this could be so bad. But I was actually very impressed with him. You know, it's it's he's almost he has a winger's frame. Like he's a very very small frame. I think he's only about like five five or five six. Oh, uh, he's not a tall player at all. Like, 
and and he probably weighs like a buck 40 soaking wet right so you know he doesn't necessarily fit the criteria of a modern fullback who's generally you know between 59 final 511 a little, maybe a little bit on the lankier side, decent amount of pace, could whip a cross in. He doesn't fit that at all. He looks like a straight-up winger from, like, Spain, like, like like a short Spanish winger that's just, like, really nifty, great first touch on the ball, turn of pace like Frank talked about. But, you know, the thing that was impressive impressive for me was just his ability to take the ball and just run with it. And he didn't really think – like you, you could tell he didn't really think about the repercussions. He was almost enjoying the moment. And that one run with the Jorginho that we talked about, that was like – that that was something that, you know, I'm not going to get overhyped and say, oh, he's the right back of the future because, <laughs> frankly, we don't even know that uh, yet. But it was one of those that. moments where I was just like – Well, we also was, have Reese James. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but but I'm not getting like overhyped on him, but I was just really happy for him. And back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, you know, he might not be here at Chelsea, you know, in the foreseeable future, but – this is great for him. And this is just another like notch in the Academy's belts. Like this is, mm. this is just brownie points for the Academy at this point, you know, like seeing all these kids come through. I don't think there's mm. any doubt anymore that Chelsea has the best youth Academy in Europe. I mean, look, we could bring a random kid that nobody's ever heard of to come on against Arsenal and actually hold his own in a critical position. I don't know. It, it was impressive. And also, I mean, you were right. I think after the match, they asked uh, they asked him about you know how he felt, and he said that he was incredibly nervous uh, to yeah. be checked in. So <laughs> he looked nervous. Yeah, he looked like he was gonna shit it his pants. Off. I and felt I, bad for him. And I, I I think if David Luiz didn't block that you know block that Tammy shot, like we would be singing a completely different story. Like you know, it 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 would be a lot of people saying that is the right back of the future. Who's Reese James? Blah blah blah. <laughs> like I, oh, that's Lord. the that's the overreaction I love. I mean, as long as yeah. you as long as you look at it as a joke, it's it's a, it's a lot less annoying. Uh, and then I'll, let's I love get, what yeah. Uh, I, really quick, I, I mean, I love what Jody said about him. Like that was that was one of the best that was one of the best bits of media that Frank has done all season. Because they were asking him, like, like did, were you even planning on playing him? And Frank's like, you know, my question to Jody when he came on was whether he had the confidence to deal with it. And Jody looked at him and just said, yeah, no problem. And just that blind faith in your assistant manager and his staff, that's that's something that's just – you can't even buy that with managers nowadays. Like how often does Jose Mourinho dap up his assistant coaches? Or, you know, like, I think the only other manager that might do that is Pep. Yeah. I think he did that w with Mikel Arteta when he threw the hissy fit when he left. But you don't really see any other top managers doing that. Yeah, definitely the fist bump is uh, is key to our success, I think. Uh, Cho, <laughs> the last sub, Cho came on for Kova. Yeah. Uh, people still... Surprise, another not like-for-like -like sub. Yeah, which is, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, think, I think what happens, you know, they wanted to make a little bit more of a direct attack. Yeah. Uh, Cho still, I mean, obviously last week was, I mean, again, the, I mean, sorry, the last match, Cho's performance was, I wasn't on for the, for that episode. Did you, did you guys even talk about that? Something? No. Oh, no. We, oh, we never did. Oh, oh, we should have, never mind. But, well, here's my quick recap on that. Cho was, I, I was so disappointed with what I saw. <laughs> I mean, every time he touched the ball, he lost it. Just, just. Not never. I, I don't think he made the right decision once as far as when he should have passed it and when he should have shot it. 
um, in the box and just was getting manhandled. Like, you know, his small frame really, really worked against him. Uh, and he, he, he didn't play, obviously, to that same level. And I, I really applaud uh, Lampard for giving him the start uh, after that. Uh, mm-hmm. But, well, no, he didn't. Did he start? No, he did no, not no. start. No, never mind. Yeah. But, but I mean, he looked to Cho to change the game. And, like, you know, after the game came out, everyone was tweeting, oh, I wish Pulisic wasn't injured. And Pulisic just, like, tweeted, like, no, guys, like, I'm good. You know, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. not injured. Yeah. And, and, and Frank showed oh, that, that faith in Arsenal Cho. Thing. Yeah. 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 And honestly, I thought Cho did fine this weekend against Arsenal. Yeah, I didn't think it was poor at all. Like, I think he was just, like, I thought it was a good turnaround from the Southampton match, that's for sure. I think it's a good first step. I just don't know where his confidence went, I guess is the point. I'm, I'm like, obviously getting completely crapped on online doesn't help because you, we all know the kids on this team are all all about their social media. But yeah. I thought he, he was a good sub. I was not happy about seeing my favorite player getting subbed off. And mm-hmm. obviously a low-confidence show made me nervous. But afterwards, I was like, well, you know, he was – part of the you know the two goals that came later so yeah. at the end of the day it was the right choice the three subs i thought lampard was fantastic with the substitutions this mm-hmm. time very unconventional and, for sure too yeah it was really unconventional especially that first sub when 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 he took off emerson and moved tamori to right back i thought he was going to pull off one of our center backs because mm-hmm. like logic would tell you just keep dave on the right and leave emerson on the left and just you know let like rudy and tamori run things or rudy and zuma I, you know, but he he proved us wrong, guys. Like we got the result yet again with, because of the changes that he's making. Now he's not making the right changes every match, but I think he's learning a little bit more about his squad, and and he's also being more open about how he feels about his squad. Like earlier this week, Andres, I don't think we talked about it last week in the pod, but Frank said, you know, we need goals in this side, and we're gonna look for goals in January. Like, he's being very open, and he's already identifying the parts of the squad that he wants to bolster. I think I think he also learned this weekend with the Arsenal match that, you know, yes, we've had an issue about leaking goals, but because we've been so focused on trying to fix that, I think his tactics recently have kind of – I mean, we've seen it. We're also struggling to create goals, so I think he needs to just let the shackles loose a little bit Bringing back Jorginho, yes, you're not going to be as defensively solid, but then you see what happens with the possession, with the spacing. Mm. So I think we saw in literally a span of 90 minutes, Frank kind of see the light for a second and see, well, if if I play not to lose, I'm not playing to win. We're and that's, this, what, that's, yeah. that's how I saw the subs this time around. It's You know, you mentioned it. He said we need more goals. Well, mm-hmm. he went from a 3-4-3 to a 4-3-3, so a 4-2-3-1 and three substitutions, and we won the game 2-1 to one with two late goals. First comeback win of the whole season in all competitions. We finally came back and won a match in 90 minutes. That, like, class, I think he realizes sure. that we need to we need to let our players go up and score. Does that mean that we might be a little bit more frail at the back? Well, well tough shit. We can probably score three goals a game. I don't give a crap if we don't get another clean sheet if we rack up the three points. And he risked it to get three points, and he got it. And I hope that that's the kind of decision we see moving forward is that, you know, we, we're we not a team that can play timid and win 1-0. Like, 
Like that's not who this current team is. Like we we don't yeah. know how to do that. Like you need to let these kids make mistakes, try risky things, make direct runs, and mm-hmm. put themselves inside that box. Like Tammy's second goal, he that move is a veteran move. He faked the turn left, took up. it back to his right foot, and yeah. broke Mustafi did the splits trying mm-hmm. to get on the way of that goal. Gave him a little mm-hmm. dream shake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. My boy Hakeem Olajuwon taught Tammy Abraham that one. So, yeah, (laughs) the fact that, again, going back to Lampard, I think he's noticing that we need to go in to think, all right, we need to go and score three goals because we're most likely going to give one up whether we try to not get scored on or whether we're trying to just go gung-ho attack. So, again, I think we're going to see, hopefully, Lampard letting – Letting the boys play, per se, and, mm-hmm. and letting them be a little bit more, again, gung-ho in the attack because it felt like everybody was driving forward and everybody wanted to be involved in the transition of the attack after the subs were made. So that's the kind of thing I want to keep watching. Like In the second goal, William ran like 80 yards just to yeah. get the pass from Tammy. To pass it right back to him. What about Mason Mount on the other side of him? I, when I was watching it live, I was I actually tracked Mason Mount also because he had the brightest yellow boots on. But <laughs> he 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 also made maybe like a sixty-five or seventy-yard run alongside the left of Tammy. Yeah. And, and that run completely took away the center back that was right in front of Tammy at the time, who yeah, I, I can't remember exactly who it was. But yeah, I mean, it, it forced that center back to not commit to sliding over on William and staying with the runner. Instead, he had to stay on Tammy because he had Mace, he had runners on both sides. So he had to stay in a central position. It's just – it the will. I, I was going to say this about Mason Mount and, and Andres. It kind of ties in with like untying the shackles. But I'm noticing Mason Mount's movement in the attacking third is a lot better when he's playing in the front three. And maybe that's something that Frank is seeing because Mason Mount's probably our most willing runner that we have in the squad behind N'Golo Conte when you really think about it. Defensively, the kid is everywhere on the pitch. But he's also making those runs into the attacking third and, and, and filling up those uh those passing lanes and, and and creating these angles that are making it difficult for defenders to defend him that second goal was case in point like william is the same way where he's a willing runner also and having players like that on your squad especially in late game situations it pays off and that's exactly what happened this weekend but i think you know something that frank is noticing and it, it, it's kind of interesting because the transfer rumors tie into it as well. I think Frank's trying to find different ways to win football matches. And he, and he's figuring this out little by little. We've already done it by bunkering down 3-4-3, high press, and just smother teams right from the get-go. That works against Spurs. We've also outpossessed Man City in a match that we probably should have gotten some sort of result out of. And now we do this against Arsenal where we come out with a formation, things don't go our way. Frank makes a couple changes, system changes, players come on, morale boosts, and we dominate the fucking match. Arsenal only had, what, three shots on target all game long at home? And to Arsenal fans, that was like the best first 30 minutes of the whole season? And somehow we still (laughs) managed to weather that storm and come out and pull a 2-1 victory? I know it's not saying much, but... You know, like, I, I, th- I think Frank is just finding more ways to win football matches. And, you know, going back to the transfer market thing, the players that we're targeting is just proof of that. We're looking at guys like Jaden Sancho and Timo Werner. Instant production. 
and the Timo Werner one's the most interesting one. I know we're gonna get onto it soon, but like that's a striker that we're looking at, and there's no doubt in my mind that Tammy's gonna keep wearing the number nine shirt for you know as as long as he's you know in this type of form. But maybe Frank is also thinking about going two up top. We saw it mm-hmm. earlier when he threw four, Tammy four, up two, there. Four two baby. Yeah, and Werner can and, also and play wide too. Werner yep. could play wide, but the thing that I'm thinking, and you know, like call me out if you think I'm wrong. But when we had Nicholas Anelka, he was playing off of Drugbo. Drugbo was playing central with his back mm-hmm. to goal, and Anelka was running off of him, and oftentimes providing most of the assists for Drugbo's goals. I think he's looking for something similar with Tammy and Timo Werner because Tammy's proven that he is a he's a target man. He could play that role, and he could lead the line on his own. Just imagine if you have somebody with the pace and a nouse of Timo Werner running off of him. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That would I was be thinking, unfair. I was thinking, and, and this is me going into, like, tin hat on, let's play, just pretend, 4-4-2. You got Kovacic and Conte as the two midfielders in the middle. And you can have any mix of Willian, Cho, Pulisic, Mount, like, as the wide men. And it's a 4-4-2 defensively, and it's basically a 4-2-4 on offense. And I was just like, damn. Just mm. damn. That <sighs> is nuts. There's a, a lot yeah. of different options. Like, you know, that, that that's that, that's the thing I love about it. Cause, and, and also uh, the thing I love about Mason Mount. Because, I mean, you can see right now he's leading our team in matches played right now. Because, you know, it doesn't matter what formation Frank's running. He can throw him out there in so many different ways. And he he just does the right thing. Like, he knows what his role is in every match. And it's not it's not going to be the same thing match to match, but whatever his instructions are, he keeps to it. And I, I think I think he's been maybe you know like our most important player this season. Not you know like and maybe Ooh, in yeah. in some in some in some ways. I, I know in I'm some getting matches. hot in here. I, I, I try to I can, try to make a hot take for sure, but look yeah. look you can make the argument that 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 you know he's in certain huge. matches. Yeah, he's been absolutely massive against Tottenham. I know he didn't really do much on the ball against Spurs, but the work he did defensively was ridiculous. Huge. Spurs weren't able to keep any possession in their backline because Mason Mount is just like relentless presser on the ball. Same thing against Arsenal, like like I was saying, it's just that willingness to run into space, knowing that you're not going to get the ball, but making that unselfish run to free up another teammate or to free up a passing lane or to give Tammy a little bit of space to operate or Willian. Like, that that unselfishness is crucial on a team. You need guys like that on a winning team. Like, it's just it, – it, 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 it's facts. All right, I think, I think uh, we can wrap up this match uh, pre- review and move on to our next section. I don't think we, we – teased it at all but uh right now us three we're gonna go through you know it's the end of the decade it's also the end of the year we've never even mentioned yeah. that this is the last ep- episode of the year and the last episode of the decade what of an insane, the decade because we've been here for a whole decade <laughs> <laughs> we were we were here for this decade okay that's that's a fact uh but so now we're gonna go through and we made our own Chelsea team of the decades. Um, did we, did we all do? You guys all did different formations, huh? I have I no so. idea. I honestly don't know what you guys. I saw posted. what Zach did, but 
I, okay, let, 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 let's start off with Zach then, because he... Because he, he my formation's going to win it. <laughs> my formation is going to win it. So, sh- my manager, Antonio Conte. Oh, I, I, and, didn't, do, and, I didn't do manager. Oh, I didn't do a manager either. Oh, uh, uh, well, think sorry. That'll be my okay. favorite too. Too many in the well, past decades. That'll be my well, pick too. Yeah, well, you know, even though he was a manager for us for only, you know, what, two seasons... Um, he was my favorite manager of the decade because what he was able to do when he came in and the impact he had was just ridiculous. Like, I think he was like the third highest winning percentage for like a first like hundred premier league games mm-hmm. in a decade. I don't know. But, um, so anyways, I had a three, five, two, uh, Peter mm-hmm. check and goal because fuck Tebow. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> I had, <laughs> why? Holy cow. Why is that surprising? The formation, the, the three, formation five, is really throwing me off. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> So, so I had a back three of uh, Dave on the right, Gary Cahill on the left, and JT in the middle. Wing backs, Ivanovic and Ashley Cole. With a midfield double pivot, Lampard and N'Golo Conte. And guys, this front three is the reason why I designed this formation because I wanted to find a way to get these three guys together. I have Hazard playing behind Diego Costa and Drogba. So it's um, a 3-4-3 three, then? It's, it, three, it's five, a 3-5-2 three, five, three, five, two. Because, because Hazard's playing in the hole. Oh, okay. Ham, yeah. Lamp, he's got Hazard at the 10. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. A lazy okay. 10, though. Like, he's not coming mm-hmm. back on defense type of 10. Right. I get that. I, I yeah. think I have a little bit more solid of a formation and then, that can do, do something similar. Yeah, go, uh, we'll, let's go through this. Yeah, let's go through our teams, then we'll go through the honorable mentions after. We'll yeah, we'll do the honorable that. mentions together. Uh, so I had to have a tough drop because I went with a back four. Mm. So I also have Peter check in the back because that's an obvious, that's the obvious choice of keeper. My two center backs are Cahill and JT at right back. I've got Ivanovich. So I went with Ivanovich at right back because I mean, Munich and he scores the winner in 2013 to beat Benfica. And win the Europa League, so I thought scores against Napoli. Yeah, yeah the the big moments I'm gonna remember him more for. And then at left back, this was the hardest decision I had in my eleven because I couldn't figure it out. I went with Ashley Cole again only because of Munich. Otherwise, it would have been Aspie. He's like my number one honorable mention missing from my eleven because obviously the rest of the time he benched. Felipe Luiz, he benched every, uh, any other left-back option, and he's doing it now. Yeah. And he's even doing it now. Yeah. But the rest of mine, is, it's a 4-4-2 diamond for me. Mm-hmm. So I've got N'Golo Conte as my DM. As my two center mids, I've got Lampard and Cesc Fabregas. As my number 10, I've got Eden Hazard. And then I've got Drogba and Diego Costa as well up top. So that's my formation, running a 4-4-2 narrow diamond. So? Yeah, I was just writing down what you wrote, so I wanted, I wanted to see, like, which players we all agreed on consensusly. But I ran with a 4-3-3. I, 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 my list differs right off the back from you guys, top with, with my back line. So I think all three of us, we picked Ivanovic uh, as one of our right backs or fullbacks, and I picked Dave over Ashley Cole. 
I, I, which is because I think Ashley Cole towards the, you know, he played what three years of this decade, three, four years in this decade. And yeah. it wasn't his highest, highest the longevity. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and I don't want right. to say, I don't want to say I picked Dave because of his longevity, because uh, some of my picks, you know, that's why I couldn't I, drop if, him. If I was going for longevity, I would have picked someone else over who I actually picked. Um, mm. But I honestly, I just think Dave has been here the whole time. He's been our, probably our most consistent player for the longest time this decade. And I just couldn't leave him off. I, I like how you did the three five two, so you were able to, you know, keep. You, you had Ashley Cole. I, uh, I, I fit him in there, Dave. but I fit him in the best position that he's played in for at sure. Chelsea so far. I, yeah. I mean, I almost put him in as a center back for my four three three. Yeah. Just so I can put Ashley Cole in, but then I, as my center backs, I put JT and I snuck in David Luis over Cahill just because, in my opinion. Ooh. I mean, they both they both won the same amount. Um, Luis, I think, was more important in that, you know, 14 run that we had to 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 win the uh, Premier League. And I think, to be honest, I think JT carried Cahill and made him look a lot better than he actually was. And I'm not trying to disrespect him when I say that, but. I think David Cahill Luis, was just the perfect foil for JT I for agree. so long. They were yeah. they were great together. And I think David yeah. Luiz as an individual was a better defender and he although he had a lot of mistakes. Oh um, yikes. Um, he, oh yikes. <laughs> Jeez, man. Not, not, not a better defender. I just I, I would rather I'd put, him, I'd, I'd rather put Over, him I'd put him maybe in Maybe a more well rounded player. Okay, yeah. We need we a go. new year, new song. <laughs> new year, new new co host. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my midfield. Uh, I'm running with N'Golo Conte, Nemanja Matic, double pivot, Fabregas up yep. front. I'm leaving off Lampard, um, which is tough. Oh my god, which is tough. It's worse Only because worse. no, the, he 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 played. He left in 2014. Okay, 62 goals, 24 assists. So again, this was this was not you know like. He, it's not like he didn't do anything in those last you know four years, but it wasn't his prime. And obviously, Fabregas wasn't in his prime. Too. Twenty. Frank's Frank's not prime is like worth eighty million in today's market. Wait, time out. Yeah, was no, you're right. Ancelotti still. I, I mean, twenty ten was Ancelotti. Am I wrong? Because that year. That was my first goal, huh? I season probably, yeah. See, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Lamps has to be in there. Lamps has to be in there. I think. I, I think Lamps was there for at I'm least half gonna, a decade. I'm not gonna argue this. I'm not arguing this bullshit. Who's the next name on your list that I'm gonna get mad at? <laughs> I'll take Fabregas off for Lampard. Okay. I'm Thank keeping. You. I'm, there you go. I'm, I'm keeping Conte and Nuanya together because I love that duo together, and I'm putting Fair. in Lampard for Fabregas. I mean, that was the, that was the two that I was just I was just considering the playmaking because. You know, my front three, I have William, Eden Hazard, <laughs> and Diego, and uh, and Costa. <laughs> and I left Drogba off because I... Which... Uh, because, uh, I, I wanted, some... because I wanted... Because I wanted... Drogba I needed has two wingers. To... I needed Drogba two has wingers. to start. He okay. has to start. I, uh, Zach, I wasn't as creative as you in creating these formations. I stuck with the 4-3-3. And this is what I had. I had William... I mean... I'm, I almost put Juan Mata 
two-time player of the season. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, that's that's my first honorable mention is 2013 Juan Mata. For sure. I mean, yeah, yeah like, it was close. Zach, I changed my list at least eight times. You know, like, this is... This is just the last the last iteration of it that I made. I changed it like 500 times. But okay. I guess I, I put a lot of weight into like the fact that 2012 was in this decade. Yes. So yes. so for me Thank Champions you. League was huge. I almost and fucking then, put Ryan Bertrand that left okay, mid. I don't know. I don't know about that. But <laughs> but like for me one thing that deterred me from choosing David oh, Luiz no. over Cahill even though you guys all know I don't prefer Cahill over many center backs is the fact that David Luis did leave for like two, three seasons. Yeah. And I know he did come back, but that made me like think slightly less of him. And then William was my big him and, and ISP were my big honorable mentions alongside Juan Mata because yeah, Mata was huge at the beginning of this decade. And the fact that Mourinho sold him is still pissing me off because I loved Mata at Chelsea. Like I loved him at, at the number ten. What about okay. Lampard? He left in twenty fourteen too, and then he came back. Same thing. Lampard, Lampard came back as manager after he retired. It's different. Listen, here's a name. Here's a name that's not so crazy. Ramirez. Yep. Okay. Yep. Also I, I, I legit I legit thought about the idea of having. Ramirez and N'Golo Conte playing next to each other in a midfield, the amount of tackles that they would win. Like, I, I almost threw Ramirez in just for that reason because I'm like, okay, this team won't concede any goals all season long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ramirez was – those – again, Ramirez was up there easily in my honorable mentions. I had Courtois as the backup goalkeeper because, again, Courtois is a Premier League champion. So – yeah, and two-time, two-time Premier League champion. Does Marcus yeah. Alonso so, get an honorable mention? I was no. gonna say, I was gonna say, listen, just, just for what he did under Antonio Conte. Exactly. I, mean, I mean, like the numbers. Like, 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 what other left backs have we had besides uh, Ashley Cole in that time span? Uh, Ashley, Ashley Cole, Cole and Aspie. Aspie. That's it. But that's I it. Need another one. Yeah, but that's just <laughs> like I don't know. I would have put ahead of him again. I think I'm putting in a lot, a lot of weight into that. 2012 team Don't but say i have it. more who do you think i'm about to say torres oh hell no okay good no is it victor <laughs> no, moses no. victor moses also not victor moses Damn. i was gonna say someone that's kind of like a cult favorite for me was raul morales dude okay oh man i he enjoyed the that guy that 2012 run so much just like that guy was just a goof he but was like a I, 30 he was like a 34 sprint speed I don't give a crap. He still sprinted the full field, <laughs> like the full field and scored on Napoli. A banger. A banger. Oh, Benfica, sorry. Was it yeah. Benfica? Yeah. It was, the, I think the, it was for Benfica. me, the, the obvious honorable mentions were, yeah, the Ramirez, Mata, and then whichever we didn't put into the 11 between, you know, Willian and, and Aspie. Mm -hmm. Those are obvious. I mean, Willian, we, we get mad at him, but he's been here and he's had his very important moments. He's not going to score 10 goals a season for you, but – he does a lot of the other work. Mata, yeah. Mata was two-time, like you said, two-time player of the year. Should have probably never left. Uh, the one guy that I was debating putting into mine was Oscar. Uh, no. He's <laughs> no. polarizing as hell. He had so, one good season, I think. 
He didn't even have one good season. He had two good goals, and that's it. All right. He had good half seasons. Yeah, the he guy. Had one good season. You, he had two good half seasons. Two half good seasons. That's yeah. What I mean. the, what he I'm had saying is, one 15-minute spell against Juve that was just like brilliant. Oh my God. <laughs> and then the rest of it was meh. I still have a, the, the a thing, picture of the him. The thing that is, I if you look, England. if you look at the the time he joined, I think the guy got one summer where he didn't have to actually play football, like in our, in his full Chelsea career. Like, if you look back at, at the time he was here, Oscar went from playing in Brazil that had, does it, that does get a winter break and does all this other stuff to coming here, and he only got one offseason to actually rest. I'm not buying that, you though, Oscar because every, every international footballer oh every international footballer goes through, like, the same things, though. That, okay, what about what about John Obi McKill? Because that's a serious one right there. Ooh, I like that one. Because if we're talking about subs he is the single greatest super sub in the 2010s <laughs> i love how we make we make these takes and we have to pause right before we say them to make sure it's not think completely about it. insane it's like well, 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 well you know what? i had that pause he's the best sub super in the 2010s sub I, in the decade <laughs> I, I, well i had the pause because i was like trying to like yeah, i, I had to think, think like oh wait joe cole but like i went back and i'm like okay uh, joe cole joe cole in the 2000s yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Cole's the 2000. So that's why I said, like, John Obi McKill, 2010. As a super sub in in the 2010s? Listen, man, 1-0, you're up 1-0, <laughs> 75th-minute, and you just want to make things boring and <sighs> lethargic, super and you sub. just want to wear the other team down, throw on John Obi McKill. He will pass the ball sideways 30 times for you. Like, he is exactly what you want at the end of a game if you're, if you're sitting on a lead. Oh my gosh! I guess I—I I mean, don't get me wrong. I love John Obi Mikel, and to this day, I think that we used them in the complete wrong way during his time at Chelsea. <laughs> we bought him I as a love, ten. <laughs> I love watching him play for Nigeria. Like he actually does stuff offensively for them. And then I legitimately think that Mourinho Loki had like a slightly racist moment when he got him. I was like, oh, I'm gonna turn you into Makelele, even though you could probably be more of a box-to-box guy. And then well, we, General Big Mikel was like, oh, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to have to be. Well, we bought him as a number 10. That was like the funny thing. And then well, he, he never he never played the 10. And he never looked again, like he could play the 10 at Chelsea. But again, well, like like a Nigeria in the World Cup, he started as a 10. And, yeah. and Nigeria were good in the World Cup. Like, they were like, a good side. I like his offensive output internationally. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where and, – and again, when you play soccer, it happens all the time, right? You yeah. play at school, you play at club, and one of the coaches plays you in the totally wrong position, and you're not as good there. But then you go to your other team where you're playing where you should be, and you ball out. Like, it happens all the time with players. But anyway, I like the shout for John Mikel. I honestly can't think of any other player to add to this <laughs> potential team of the decade, to be completely honest. So Demba Ba. <laughs> no. So I'll, Just for I'll, now. I'll, say, I'll say who uh, we all had. So... We all had Ivanovic. Peter Cech. We all had Peter Cech. We all had JT. Um, we all had N'Golo Conte. We all had Eden Hazard, of course. We all had Costa. We should have all had Drogba. We should have I, I all just looked had it Lampard. Up, Zach, I just looked it up. Please tell me, okay, 2009-2010, he scores 29 goals, okay? 
29 league goals, okay? 37 okay. total, okay? The next two years, before he leaves and goes to China, he scores Actually, 13. Turkey. He goes to Turkey first. Oh, oh, he goes to Shanghai. He went to Shanghai, I thought. Oh, he went. Did he go to? He goes to Galatasaray first. Okay, and then, so in those next two years, he scores thirteen goals apiece each season. But but you have to remember what happened those two years. We got Villas Boas, who benched all the old guard until Mateo took back over. Yeah, he did. That was the first thing Villas Boas did. That's why everybody hated the guy. He had he had four less appearances in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and scored. 18 more goals. He's coming off the bench though, Sam. Like, like that's the thing. Villas Boas yes. is like, yep, g- g- give me some of Fernando Torres and watch him also, do nothing. Also, wait, still, look, okay, look I mean, up, look up the goals. Look up the goals that were in Cup Finals. Obviously, by yeah, Drogba. the clutch. Uh, yeah, I mean the clutch factor is one thing. I don't know. It. I, I think Cup I think goals. it's three years out of the ten. It's it's that's I think Except it's, he I came think it's back fair. and we won the league. He, oh, is the, he is oh, the yeah, single 15. reason why we won the Champions League. He needs to be on the list. The one reason okay, that we won the Okay, I'm putting Ryan Bertrand on my literally. list too, then. Fuck it. I'm putting Ryan Bertrand too, then. <laughs> okay. If I'm putting Drogba, I'm putting Ryan Bertrand. Put, throw throw Basingua on there while you're at it. I might. Oh, Lord. I oh, might Lord. fuck around no. and throw on Basingua. The, the, the one guy that got lucky of... of red card yellow card accumulation <laughs> and then celebrated as if he scored the winning header my, my, my favorite my favorite Basingua moment is when someone was shielding the ball at the corner flag at the bridge and Basingua just gets frustrated and just literally puts his studs in the guy's back and just pushes him right in front of the right in front of the linesman uh what a quality defender for QPR all right what a great decade for us it's been <laughs> Uh, yeah, it has. The 2010s have been amazing. The Roaring Twenties are going to be even more fantastic. So, another uh, Champions League in the next decade, please. Yeah, it, it's going to happen. So, and to help, I mean, to help it, build... it, legitimately speaking, this past decade, well, we got one Champions League, two Europa Leagues. We won the league under three, Mourinho and three Conte. Titles. Three Mourinho, We had ten trophies Conte. total. Ten total trophies. That's in not bad. A trophy a year. You cannot complain. Mm-hmm. You can't complain. Wait, time out. Why am I missing a Premier League? Who else won the Premier League outside of – oh, Ancelotti. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. I was trying to figure out who the third one was. He's about to do the same with Everton too. Oh, not a chance. <laughs> next year. Just wait on it. And then to bring in our next uh, Champions League wave, we got some transfers going on this this uh, this January. and uh, I hope so. A lot of rumors going around. The ones – that we've been talking about Sancho I mean I don't think there's anything more we need to discuss with that because it hasn't any been anything new Timo Werner though is the name that we've been increasingly increasingly been in talks with apparently uh, we wanted to clarify with them what his release clause was because it's been reported as anywhere between 25 and 51 million pounds so um, that was what you know it was reported that Chelsea reached out for that. So, um, I was under the impression that his release clause was significantly lower for German clubs. 
It's, it's confusing. I think that's that's and, why and, they wanted to and see if he some sold the, If they sold to England, he, he, it would increase, like, significantly, right. which makes sense. And that always happens. The, the yeah. UK tax. They know there's more money. No, no, no. No, but what they're doing now is, like, they're, it's actually a clause. Like, like an English club cannot trigger that – like, that release clause is specific to only German clubs, oh, domestic geez. clubs. Yeah. And I think I, mean, I guess it's a way to keep the talent in your domestic league. Mm. I guess I don't. I, well, it's a way whatever. to keep your talent at Bayern Munich only. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mean, like right now, Leipzig is sitting first in the Bundesliga, which is unbelievable. And they're in the knockout stages in the Champions League, playing against the Spuds, uh, which you know maybe we don't want to take Werner away from them for that. We want to see Tottenham lose in that match, so. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on possibly bringing in Werner? I want to say that this is the perfect time to pull a Pulisic-style transfer. We're not going to get him in January, but we might as well sign the check now and ensure that the guy comes in the summer. He, Like you said, first in the Bundesliga, they can't give us their best player right now if they think that they have a chance at winning the trophy. If he has a which they actually, though, which right? they actually it... do, though. Right. Like, all, all the other years, you always got the sense of, like, yeah, you, like, Bayern's going to turn it on eventually. Like, Bayern's in the process of turning it on right now, and it's not – I think – they're, they're, uh, they're climbing. They're in third right now. But yeah, but – yeah, but Leipzig – They could actually Leipzig do has it. A chance. Yeah. yeah. They have a legitimate run. Uh, you have – Obviously, Bayern is on fire in the Champions League. So yeah. the way I see it is that Bayern might get tempted to go that route more so than the Bundesliga. Which I think they will, because this is their lot. I mean, this is probably their what second to last year having Lewandowski in this kind of form mm-hmm. oh, he's, for a Champions League. He's crazy run. too. The, Lewandowski and Werner are the top two forwards in Europe right now, in my mind. So yeah, yeah I I don't see. It's, it's like it's like the U.S. and I, I hate to get so like militaristic here, but it's like the U.S. just saying, "Hey, we'll give our whole atomic bomb squadron to I don't know Canada, and Russia can now be the leading nuclear power in the world, just because <laughs> just because Canada is trying to to get up there with the big boys. Like, <laughs> not happening. It's not happening right now. Sorry, Canada, not today." No squadron for you. Zach, what do you think? This is the perfect transfer. I I would take this over Jaden Sancho any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Like this is this is just ideal for me. There's no better transfer target more suited to Chelsea. There isn't anybody I want to see in a Chelsea kit more right now than Timo Werner. More than Jaden Sancho. I think I think all I think you might be right just because of as far as fit and the players that, you know, like we have Cho and we have Pulisic, so. But he he's also at an age where I feel more comfortable with him making the transition to the Premier League because he yeah. does have experience in the World proven. Cup. He's, he's way more proven, more experienced. He'll come in. He had a bad World know, Cup performance though. Even it doesn't matter though, but but he still has that experience. He's, all he's, of Germany. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> Everybody except Tony Cruz like was awful. But, you know, he is Germany's number nine now. I, don't, I think that goes without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And he, he's he's arguably the hottest player in Europe, not named Messi. So Lewandowski. Well, yeah, Lewandowski. But, I mean, you're not getting Lewandowski. But right, 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 right in that threshold of 24, what, 23, 24. 
like you you get him now you commit him in the summer I mean, you're literally walking right into his peak I mean, years. There's say, no grace period. Saying that he's Germany's leading striker is not saying much, given Miroslav Klose was their best striker the last, you know, 10, 12 years. And he oh, didn't really okay. do much. Let's in not the hate on Klose. I, I am oh, a Germany on, fan because Venezuela's garbage. Klose was fantastic for Germany. Garbage of course. at club level. Garbage that's, for club. Yeah. That's, that, that's the exact point I'm making. That's what I'm uh, That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's the point I'm making. I, I'm a Germany fan too. Don't worry. Miroslav Klose okay. is my boy. He was amazing. Are you saying Werner is the opposite of Klose? Where he'll no. be really good for club and just like. Whatever. I think he means that they went from having an awesome forward to another and I totally misinterpreted no. that. No. What I'm saying is that. Like your point, your point of him being the Germany starting striker is not, you know, indicative of his success or like whether he's going to be good because a lot of players play really well for the German club. I mean, I'm pointing out to one right now that don't necessarily do well in you know their club career. But I mean, I, I'm not trying to discredit how good Timo Werner has been this year for uh, for Leipzig. I mean, what he has like what 35 or 25 goals in 24 games something insane like like something like it, his stats are freak stats like you you can you can't put those up on fifa if you tried <laughs> he averages a goal and an assist almost every game yeah well over it's he over. Averages over it's over ridiculous over it's ridiculous. His, his, goal, his goal contribution is over 1.0 per 90 and, right now. And and, 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 and and let's not bullshit ourselves. Right now, the Bundesliga is the most competitive league in Europe. It, it, like, the talent in that league is ridiculous. Gladbach is amazing this year. Leipzig's amazing. Dortmund just got Holland. Their front 12 is ridiculous. <laughs> like, Bayern Munich is always really good. Good Leverkusen, always really good. Hey, that was good business by Bayern Munich, right? <laughs> Eventually well, getting Holland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned earlier that there's nothing new on Sancho, but honestly, the Holland transfer might make it where we could do something about Sancho. We put in the right offer in January. What? Uh, what, uh, what what's so, the connection though? Why? So think... so the connection there is right now, Dortmund plays a front three without a true number nine. So you yeah. have they're playing Royce up the middle with Sancho on one end and on the other end you have either Hazard as in Thorgan Hazard or uh Brandt. what's the guy, the blonde kid's name? Julian Brandt. Thank you. Julian Brandt. Uh so that's their front three. So let's say you bring in Holland. Holland can only play up the middle. So technically that opens up that if the right offer could come, you take Sancho out, they cash in big time. And then you can have Royce play on the right side or the left side, whatever, however you want to do it. So that's the one scenario I think could open up a window that if we really mean business for Sancho, that we might have to make a very aggressive bid in January. But yeah. they have again, a lot it, of they have they just have a lot of talent at the wings, and I think that's what the connection is, right? Because right, they have, right. Br Brun Larson is also like really young too, and he's an up and comer that I know Dorman's high on. I mean, but the the Joker in the deck, I guess, was like earlier today when the Paco Alcacer like unrest rumors came out, where it's like, oh, he wants to go back to Spain, and Celta Vigo is looking at him now, and Sevilla, and all this. I mean, how much are they really gonna get for him? 25 30 million that money is not significant enough for them to say like okay that 30 million is good enough for us to keep sancho like it's yeah. not significant enough so i don't really think that's a factor
But the fact and that they have like twelve no wins. They're no pressure to sell, sell Alcacer either. Like yeah. They, I mean, I, I again, like you said, they they have a a plethora of wingers, and then if one hundred fifty million comes knocking, that 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 number takes you so far in the Bundesliga. 150 million sets you up for at least four players of mm. good quality in the Bundesliga. So that's yeah. that's where the connection comes for me. It's it's kind of how, you know, what was it, a couple seasons ago where we had that weird triangular trade where we ended up with Giroud, Aubameyang at Arsenal, and, and Michi on loan at Dortmund. Mm. Like, maybe, <coughs> excuse me, maybe Holland's just the first domino. And, wow, I can't talk. <laughs> and, then, and then Sancho ends up with us. The prospect uh, of but, getting him just left you speechless, huh? Right, right. Um, I mean, me it Timo could happen. Still. But, yeah, I'm... obviously, Timo Werner is not happening in January. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'll wait. Well, that, if, if he has a, if he has me, a release clause, if he has a release clause, they don't have, really have a choice, though, right? I guess, but because of all... It's the, up to the, the player. Right. Yeah, it is up the, to him. The, the, he has to sign at the end of it all. And, of and the other part is, you know, I don't see – I don't think Timo Werner has the ego to just be like, all right, Deuce is Leipzig. Like, That's true. It, it's not like we're giving him a, a greener pasture for a trophy this season. Like we're still a, we're still a project. Mm-hmm. Leipzig has a chance of cashing in. And literally, this is the one time that they have the, the opening to get the – the Bundesliga trophy for, for a bit because you know you don't know what's going to happen next season because for sure Timo Werner's not staying and then you know Bayern's going to be Bayern and probably sign a bunch of players again so yeah I I, I think that he'll stick around just like with the Chilwell situation mm-hmm. Leicester's in second place they're having a good season it's just <laughs> the tough. gap is too big come on <laughs> uh, obviously but it, it's just one of those things where I don't see them leaving a good situation for a potentially future better situation. You know what I mean? I think they can, they are more than happy to wait till the summer. I'm going to read out a a couple more names that were thrown out there and you guys can just give me your thoughts on whichever one you feel uh, before we move on to the preview. So first one is Musa Dembele, uh, including a possible swap, uh, including Giroud going to Lyon. Um, which would be something very interesting. Another name out there, Leon Bailey, Nathan Ake also, the $40 million buyback. Uh, and, of course, what would a transfer rumor section be without Wilfred Zaha and his <laughs> $80 million price tag? Apparently, Crystal's uh, maybe interested in Drew or Mishi as well in the swap. So maybe that $80 million price tag goes down, but they've been firm on that. Um, so... Zach, we'll start off with you. Any thoughts on those names? Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, kind of like yeah, not really. <laughs> just Wilfred Zaha, the eighty million is just that, that. That's what we're going for. Over it's Timo a, Werner. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's so happened. much. I just know it's gonna freaking happen though. Like. Where there's smoke, there's fire, dude. I'm so <laughs> not looking forward to seeing the announcement video with Wilfred Zaha. I, I just know it's going to freaking happen. I don't think so. I don't we'll, think it's going to happen either. But in the other names, the other names for me, I mean, the Musa Dembele from Lyon, I just think that guy would, would not come happily as a second forward. 
he he is not gonna come here and and play second fiddle. I think he's got too much of an ego to do that. And uh, I think he likes bullying people because you know, like he goes to Scotland where he knows he could score a shit ton of goals, scores a shit ton of goals, gets linked to at least one major club in each of the top five leagues, and of all places, goes to France. Yeah, uh, like it's not the kind of mentality you necessarily like to see. Yeah, Leon definitely needs to sell players right now because they have a weird, unbalanced team right now where they have great offensive talent, but they're leaky as hell in the back. So I think they're kind of just trying to blow it all up and, and start over. Uh, they also have very racist fans, apparently. So a few players are already asking to get sold. But the, the other the names, I mean, Leon, <laughs> the Leon Bailey rumors, uh, those are just kind of. I don't know. I I don't. I see him more going to Bayern than to us. I I don't see that one happening. Mm-hmm. Ake, I mentioned it before. I think Ake is one of those kind of transfer for. He might be playing like 3D chess. You know, we get him for 40 million. We keep him from going to City. He becomes the one left-footed center back that we don't have that apparently Lampard wants. So, yeah, I I don't know. All right, let's get into the match previews then wrap this up. Uh, so we got two matches this week. First one is at Brighton on New Year's Day. Early game for us, Zach. It's a 4 a.m. game. So there's no way in hell I'm yeah. waking up for this Don't morning. know if I'm going to wake up for that. Yeah, on New Year's Day, no. Not at 4 a.m. If I'm already awake, I'll watch it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brighton, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'll stay up <laughs> all throughout New Year's Day to watch it. But Brighton... Um, Sitting 14th in the table right now. Their last six matches, two wins, two draws, two losses, and one huge, huge goal from <laughs> Ali Reza, Jahan Bach. 18 oh, months. There it is. 18 months. It took him 18 months to score, which is – Good for him. I mean, his – It was a great goal too. Yeah, and the celebration, he was crying afterwards. I mean, that's that's great. I, I, I'm really proud of him. The first – the first uh it inspired you to start a manager mode yeah yep and the first thing i did was uh sign tammy abraham on loan so (laughs) that's pretty pretty fun um but brighton as uh after playing with them for 10 minutes on uh manager mode i can tell you right now that they're not (laughs) too scary i mean right now uh what you don't like aaron moy i have aaron moy coming off the bench right now but he's been he's been texting me uh, <laughs> it's telling me that he wants to get the start, <laughs> but um, uh, I'm trying to look at what their goal differential is. But um, what is it? Minus four. So as far as like bottom tier teams, they're not terrible. You know, scoring only 24 goals and letting in 28. So um, let's get let's get some predictions going. Andreas, what do you think? I think we finally see the full return. Of my beloved 4-3-3. I think time. Pulisic will start because, as he said, he's, he's 100% healthy. And I think he scores and will win 4-1. to one. Damn. Okay. I'm telling you, I think Lampard's going to let the boys come out. And, again, we're going to give up a goal. I, I'm. It's going to happen. Zach. I'm saying I'm going to go 2-0. It's going to be comfy. It'll be a comfortable one. We'll create a lot of chances, but we don't score a lot of goals. I mean, Jahan Bash is in form right now, so I don't think the sh- I don't think <laughs> a clean sheet is uh is happening. So, uh, 
but I think a, a two th or three one win is definitely something that uh, I see happening. Next match, we got a FA Cup matchup. Finally, back to the FA Cup. It's been a while. Um, playing against uh, Nottingham Forest at the Bridge. Um, right now, they're tied for fourth in the championship. And they have the lowest amount of goals in the top 10 of the championship right now. Um, but also the second fewest goals conceded in the championship. Uh, so obviously being uh, a matchup against a championship squad, we're probably going to see a lot of the youngsters out there. So uh, Zach, which ones are you most looking forward to seeing? Um, well, well, we got to see Lamptey again, don't we? Like, I think he's earned himself at least a start for this one. Um, I want to see Billy Gilmore again, uh, Mark Gahey, um, Andrew and Matson. I mean, like basically the whole lot. I, I, I don't you mind seeing so? all of them play. Yeah. Why not? I don't know if we'll see all of them. I, I, I was, I, I was I, thinking, look, I don't even I, think Lamptey gets a call up. I think Reese James comes back from injury and you give him a run of minutes against Nottingham Forest. At the no, right no, no, back that, position. Well, 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 that's what I'm saying for Nottingham Forest. Well, I'm, I'm saying you James get Reese James back team. out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you might, but, but I don't know if he's healthy or not. He's been nursing an ankle injury, right? Yeah. So well, if, if, I exactly, mean, really if, knows. If he, if he is healthy, would you prefer to? Uh, do you think Lamptey deserves that start, or is it more important no, to get? No, 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 no. Okay. You got to get Reese James out there because you want to get him back in some sort of rhythm. Because at the end of the day, he is your first choice right back, so that's a priority. Getting him back in rhythm. No, I don't. I mean, man, I, you, you named yeah. everyone. I, I mean, I'll see. I, I'll, I'll take a different approach. I think we'll see Christensen again. I think Gay. He's a good shout, but I think maybe it'll be something like Christensen Tomori. I think the one surprise can be Madsen at left back just because Lampard's pretty much – I mean, unless he's trying to get Emerson's confidence back up. The In terms of starts, Cho will have to start. He has to start that game. He destroyed mm -hmm. Nottingham last season. This is like the perfect chance for him to get his confidence back. Uh, I think we see a, a Giroud siding perhaps. And – I also expect Billy Gilmore to start this match. I think we haven't seen him for a while. Mm. I don't see why we wouldn't play him here to give some of the players. But I think the bench will be like a half and half, you know, a couple security blankets and a couple of the young guys just in case. But, yeah, I don't know if we'll see the likes of Andrew in as well in this one. I, I think it's, if anything, I would like to see on the bench Loftus-Cheek. Not even needs to make an experience, but maybe. <laughs> he would like to, yeah, I'd like to see that too, Andreas. I just <laughs> want to see him on the team sheet. Has he even started contact yet? I don't think he has. I don't know, but he posted an outdoor practice video, and that got me hyped. You got too excited. <laughs> I just want to see that boy destroy like, some even, folks in the midfield Even if Lampard again. has no intention of putting him in, I just want to see him sitting there. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Just, just – I to imagine that yeah, he could possibly the, be the, back. The bench will – how many players are we get on the bench? Seven. It'll be something like Caballero, maybe one of our oh, – Gahey at center back. Uh, let's say Matson left back. That's three. Conte, four. Polisic, five. Mount, six. And Tammy, seven. Wow. Something like that. If you're spot on, I'll pay you like $10. We'll see. We'll, we'll double check it. 
at Andres Dash Velasco on Venmo. Venmo? Thank you. Okay, I got you. <laughs> we'll, just we'll, let, we'll just let me know. Then. Just let me know when you guys want me to send it. I will we'll send win three nothing. What? Ooh, three nothing. Zach, wait, what did you say, Zach? I said I will send it. I'm ready to send this podcast into 2020. Oh my god, I knew there was like a like a joke in that somewhere. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> All right, Zach, send send this podcast to the end, please. I think oh, we're fuck done. Oh, you. I think send we're this done. podcast. Anyways, it has been a fantastic 2019, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, fuck um, you. Uh, yeah, fuck you too. Um, and fuck Arsenal and fuck Tottenham. Fuck North London. London. Is blue, baby. All of London is blue, um, except uh, East London because that's uh, chiseled out by the hammers. Am I right? Because I mean, I mean, we're we're the kings of London, but yes. fucking lost the West Lambs somehow. I don't know. Anyways, chiseled out. 2020 is gonna be a bright year. Um, we really feel good about it. And until next week, and, and next until year. 2020, next year, keep the blue flag flying high.